Your Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 398 of Locked On Canadians. You know that we are your daily Montreal Canadiens podcast. If you ever need more hockey news, Locked On NHL is here to fill the gap. It is the Locked On Network's daily podcast on everything happening in all hockey leagues. Subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories and game recaps. Subscribe to Locked On NHL today, wherever you get your podcasts. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Metla. I am joined by the active stick Laura Saba after a um let's just say frustrating uh game four overtime loss to the Vegas Golden Knights. Laura, how are we feeling on this Sunday night? What a bummer, eh? I I think it's it's fair to say that uh, the Canadians vastly outplayed the Vegas Golden Knights in this entire game. Uh, for the most part, I think there were, you know, some some moments where Vegas outplayed the Canadians. And unfortunately, in those moments, I guess they managed to get two goals on the Habs. And that's all it took to beat the to beat them. And now we're tied. And it's very, very hard in the moment to not be upset about it, even though for all intents and purposes, this is now a best of three. Uh, and, uh, you know, if, if at the beginning of the series, you know, literally a week ago, we had our crossover with Carlo of Locked on Golden Knights. And we all thought that, you know, that his prediction was Vegas in five. Um your prediction was Vegas in six and my prediction was Vegas in seven. We all thought the Canadians didn't have a shot, but if you look at it objectively after tonight's game, the Canadians have a shot. And they absolutely do. We're going to look at the series kind of as a whole. When we get to the uh, final segment, the the Canadians played great. You know, Paul Byron had a great goal. Cole uh, Caulfield had his chances. The Canadians were by far the better team tonight and they, we're just kind of undone by not getting the finish on there. Robin Leonard was absolutely outstanding in net. That is not to take anything away from him. He made saves that Marc-Andre Fleury has not been making in this series, and that is a uh, absolutely huge uh, difference maker in this game. High danger chances were 17-1 to 1 by the end of the game, and the one for Vegas was, the ga- was their game-winning goal in overtime. Simple as that. It's uh, It was a game where the Canadians were far and away the better team. They were all over Vegas. All the Golden Knights offense seemed to be coming from the point. Carey Price looked locked in. The one goal that Vegas scored in regulation was a weird freak kind of Braden McNabb squeaker shot through Joel Edmondson crossing in front of the net. And it's just, uh, it's a frustrating game. It, I do think Montreal is is proving that they can handle this. Like they're good enough to skate with Vegas, regardless of where the game goes. But once again, the overarching narrative leaving this game is that the officials are the main storyline again. And this isn't to say that 
the officials cost the Canadians the game. They didn't blow a call in overtime or anything like that. They were just somehow even worse than game three and game three was abysmal. Uh, they watched Nick Suzuki just get punched in the face. Joel Edmondson boarded William Carrier didn't get a call against that. Thomas Nosek boarded Shea Weber didn't get a call for that. Shea Weber cross-checked him back, didn't get a call for that. They got a call for aggressively hugging, and it's just, I don't know what the standard is, and Chris Lee just continuing to make it up as he goes is infuriating. Watching this series and realizing this should be exciting hockey and it's just being made up by a guy who's clearly terrible at his job. It's so frustrating, and it's bad when NBC, Hockey Night in Canada, writers across the board on social media are calling out how bad it is and naming the official by name in this. Like, Laura, I'm not crazy, right? Like, this is bad, right? It's egregiously bad officiating. There's no two ways about it. There's no question about it. At the point where, you know, we've talked a lot about whether or not Sportsnet is biased towards the Habs opponents, blah, blah, blah. There's, you know, there's reasons behind all of that. We talked a lot about how, you know, uh, most people seem to be biased against the Habs or at least not giving them a shot. But this is not like that, right? And it's all the rights holders, Sportsnet, for example. Uh, it's it, it's it's people who cover the game for a living on Twitter. And they're all talking about how this is extremely bad officiating, even by NHL officiating standards, which we've known all season and also for a couple of years now is rapidly getting more and more incompetent. We've talked about how hard it is for the NHL to recruit referees. Nobody wants to do it anymore. Nobody good is left, blah, 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 all of that. But at the end of the day, if the if Sportsnet is having to do these galaxy brain uh, in between intermission segments where Ron McLean starts talking about something and he doesn't even know what he's talking about in order to try to explain this officiating, I think we've got a problem and it's really bad. And 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 there was an explanation right as to why the same referees that were so bad in Game Three were going to officiate Game Four. It's because of COVID and protocols and the systems in place. However, the thing that I'm surprised about is why nobody from the Montreal Canadiens has taken it upon themselves to incur that 25k fine and criticize the hell out of this officiating because it is not okay. It is unbelievable and inconceivable to me that the Vegas Golden Knights, a team that has a reputation for playing tough and dirty, only have four penalties throughout four games and they had an entire game without a single penalty. Even though DeBoer was able to play the refs uh very or play the officiating very very well in the previous series, and we talked about that in a previous episode as well, is that, you know, they made it so that there was a complaint and so that the referees would overcorrect and not call against Vegas. But even this is egregious. It's unbelievable to me. And I'm, I'm not saying go out there and, and call every little thing. And and it's also not that the Canadians haven't gotten away with stuff. I watched Joel Edmondson board three different people to the left of Carey Price three separate times in the series so far that I've noticed. I don't even want to know what else he's getting away with. And so it's not just because of the Habs, but to me, the fact that you can punch Nick Suzuki in the face twice, twice in front of the official and get away with it, that to me is a problem. And he just, he shrugged. He looked at it and shrugged and then ran the clock off to get off the ice at the end of the second period. Uh, there's a quote from John Lou here. It says, uh, from Luke Richardson said, the players got a little bent out of shape in game three about officiating. 
Coaches addressed it internally before game four to focus on what they can control, adding that Weber and Perry spoke to the refs a lot tonight. Honestly, it clearly do, didn't do a goddamn bit of good because it's still terrible. And it's not just terrible against the Habs. I don't want to make it seem like it is. It's just bad across the board. And I'm tired of the officials being the storyline here. Like, they, we shouldn't know who refed a game at any point in time. That just proves that they made they made themselves into the game. And I just, I'm hopeful that we don't have to ever talk about that again. But what I want to talk about next is the coaching staff and the situation they were thrust into and what an incredible job they've done so far. And that's coming up next. If you've been listening to Locked On Canadians, you know that we love Built Bar. Built Bar is the only protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's soft, real easy to eat, got chocolate, plenty of incredible flavors, 18 incredible flavors, in fact, and they have both nut and nut-free options for those of us with allergies, and there are flavors from caramel brownie and lemon almond cheesecake to raspberry, German chocolate, double chocolate, orange, toffee almond. There is something for everyone, and they are 100% covered in chocolate, soft and easy to chew. They are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. They are everything you are looking for in a protein bar. And if you go to BuiltBar.com, you can get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. All you have to do is put in promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. So go to BuiltBar.com. Put together your box of a dozen flavors and get them shipped. Try them out. Put in promo code LOCKED15, LOCKED15, and you're going to get 15% off your next order. So the Montreal Canadiens are without their head coach, uh, Dominique Ducharme. He is out at least 14 days due to COVID protocols. He uh, spoke to the media before the game today, mentioned he followed all the protocols. He was in the bubble with space. He was supposed to be wearing a mask. He's got his vaccines, everything. He did everything that not only Quebec, but the NHL has asked teams to do. And he still ended up catching COVID. And based on the fact that the Vegas golden Knights GM was seen without a mask and also tested positive for it. There's some parallels that might be drawn by some people, but we're not going to get into that. What that meant for the Canadians is then they had to thrust uh, Luke Richardson into the head coaching role, something he hasn't done since he worked for the Senators AHL team a few years ago. Alex Burroughs is getting a bigger promotion now, and he's a rookie NHL head coach as well. And Sean Burke is on the bench. And so you have the guy who was coaching the defense, coaching the team. You have Alex Burroughs still coaching the forwards. And then you have Sean Burke coaching the defense. And I assume you know, still talking with Carrie Price and with Jake Allen and seeing what they see after periods. And based on the way that game four went, I have to say I'm beyond impressed. They came out in game three and it was tough. You're going without your coach. You're up against a strong team that, you know, senses maybe a bit of weakness, but you weathered the storm, came back and got the win for uh, Luke Richardson, for Ducharme and everyone. And then you come out in game four and play arguably one of your best games of the entire playoffs. It's, it's impressive. I know we've talked a lot about how maybe Luke Richardson isn't cut out for this, but his work in the postseason since game four against Toronto has been incredible. And this series is all the same to that too. Laura, like I wouldn't be shocked if someone comes knocking on the door and asks to talk to Luke Richardson in the off season here. I think, 
there's two things at play here. I think, first of all, the team, uh, we saw it in game three. They had such a bizarre day. So they started out not very well. But also, we need to credit the Vegas Golden Knights for that part as well. They kept saying that they didn't have strong starts this series. And so they made it happen for themselves in game three. And I think initially the Canadians were a little bit shell shocked. It really was a strange day for them. And, and they even said it. Uh, and, uh, and, and the thing that I thought was very, very notable was that as the game went on, the Canadians did get better. Uh, and I think uh, they gained a lot of confidence from Josh Anderson taking advantage of Flurry's gaff there. Uh, I think, you know, they came out in overtime and they came out swinging. And after the game, they all praised Luke Richardson. And even in between the two games, uh, Ben Sherratt said that they would run through a wall for him uh, and the defense love him. They, the, 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 his players love him. And he even said, you know, we kind of missed him because usually he's the one running the, the, the D side of the bench. Uh, and, and this time they uh, had put in uh, Sean Burke there um, and uh, Luke Richardson was up behind the forwards and, uh, and, and they even said that they said he was missed. And I think for me, the most notable thing too, is that the, so far I've watched all three of the media availabilities that, uh, that Luke Richardson has done leading up until game four. I haven't watched the post game yet. Uh, and, uh, and the way that he speaks is so understanding of the game. He's very calm. He's very even keeled and I can understand how he motivates the players at this point. And we have to give him credit. We've criticized him so much over the past, since the existence of this podcast over the past almost two years, we have criticized him a lot, but what he's been able to get out of his defense. And I know we're going to talk a little bit more about that in, in the third segment, but what he's been able to get out of his defense in these playoffs where it counts has been so impressive. And I think that it's also kind of telling now that now I kind of understand when the coaching change happened, why Kirk Muller also had to go, but they kept, Luke Richardson, he has a rapport with his players that I think is very, very important. And, and, and honestly, I was so impressed with the way that he spoke uh, about, you know, about the game, about the adversity that he's gone through in his life, as well as, uh, you know, trying to motivate the Canadians after that, that news about Dominique Ducharme and honestly as well with 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 the decisions that he made in the beginning of this game as well I was very very impressed the Canadians did so so well in fact I think because the Canadians uh because Vegas tied the game in the third and because uh the they lost in overtime it's very very tempting to say it was only 40 minutes that the Canadians played well but that's not true it was probably more like 50 minutes it was probably really only 10 minutes that they really gave Vegas chances and I think the way that they've been able to kind of rally behind this coach's message has been really really important he's given his players credit he's given his veterans credit as well he got asked about you know how much of the veteran players been contributing uh you know in the absence of of uh, Dominique Ducharme and I have to say I was very I, I just I've been very impressed with his presence with his the way that he's been uh and to to me I feel like it's a huge bummer that their head coach that has gotten them this far in this playoff is not going to be able to go to Vegas with them. And uh, I know he's still contributing by, uh, you know, with Zoom meetings, with meetings before the dis uh, long distance meetings, before the games, after the games and texting in between periods, texting the other head coaches and all of that. Like, I know he's being very, very present, but I just find that, 
I'm not as nervous as I would have been before game four. I'm not as nervous as I would have been about the Canadians going back to Vegas where much has been made of about those fans, but the, the Canadians managed to win a game there already. And they've managed to be dominant in periods in Vegas already. I'm not too worried about that aspect of it. What I do think that Canadians really, really do need to do is they need to convincingly win the next game. Um, because at this point you don't want the, Vegas tying the series to be the turning point of the series. And I think with uh, Luke Richardson with them, I feel like he's going to be able to get the best out of them as, as he has done in this game. Um, And, and with, with Dominique Ducharme in constant contact, I, I think that, you know, it's a bummer. It's a massive bummer that Vegas was able to tie because going up three, one in the series would have been such a huge boost to the Canadians. And now you're kind of worried because you've seen Vegas do this to other teams before uh, you see them do it to, uh, to the wild, allow, allow the wild to take control and then take it back and win in seven games. You saw them do it to, uh, to, um, Colorado when they went up to two games and uh, almost went up three games to none and Vegas came back you cannot allow Vegas any any opportunities but I just feel like right now I feel much more confident than I did before game four about their chances without Dominique Ducharme or with him sideline for the foreseeable future he said that so it said uh in some media reports that it was going to be a 14-day quarantine but he said that that's not actually been confirmed and then they're going through protocols and I'm not really sure what the protocols are but I do know that in general uh especially here in Quebec like if 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 when it comes to Santé Quebec you have to test negative and if you test negative then you're released so even if it's before the 14 days if you if you've gone through the COVID if you've tested positive and then you test negative uh then uh you can be released from your isolation so again we don't know when he's coming back but Luke Richardson has done an admirable admirable job with this crew yeah Ed, absolutely all of that and we're going to take a look at the series as a whole now as it shifts back to vegas it's a three-game series now so next two wins wins the series for whoever it is we're gonna take a look at the series as a whole and that's coming up next bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action Baseball season's in full swing, and you can track all the action at betonline.com. Get the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out the great sporting news, sign up for bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So looking at this series as a whole, it's uh, it, it's been something because the Canadians have played bad games. Uh, game one, they started great and then kind of got pushed in. Game three was bad, but they played better in game two and game four. And the teams are kind of trading deserved and undeserved wins back and forth. And now four games in, I I don't fear Vegas the way I did going into game one. They've proven that they can skate with these guys, that they can play and that they can dominate this series. We look at the way the series has gone so far and it's I looking at it right now. 
they've rendered Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone complete non-factors. Jonathan Marcheseau, Riley Smith, and William Carlson have been pretty much held off the score sheet as best as you possibly can. And everything they're getting is just coming from the point because they've shut down everything defensively in the slot and in front of Carey Price. The Canadians look so much more impressive than I think anyone expected them to in this series. And there's a lot of people talking about how, oh, it's Montreal doesn't have a chance. The North Division wouldn't have had a chance anyways. And the Canadians are, uh, they're kind of proving a lot of that sounds like bullcrap. Montreal's playing well. It's not all Carey Price. Carey Price has been outstanding again, but the Canadians as a whole are in this series because of how they're playing, their structure, and officiating's bad. We know, you know, they've had some brain farts and everything, but the penalty kill remains outstanding. Goaltending, great. The forwards are supporting the defense, and the defense are supporting the forwards. All in all, through four games, the Canadians are putting together a very strong series. I still don't know if they're going to win this series, but at the same time, they're putting a hell of a scare into Vegas, and this is not a an already decided thing. There are three games left to play, and I wouldn't be shocked if they play all three of them to find a winner here. Laura, I, I don't think I'm being too you know, rose colored glasses here. When I say that the Canadians have every shot in the world at winning this series now, right? They do. And, and that's, that's when you, what we need to not lose sight of, you know, we thought that once they were out of the weak quote unquote weak North North division, which again, this is kind of, you know, you can debate. It's like, Oh, they have two of the three best players in the world in the, or whatever. Like we're not going to debate the merits of the North division again, but all of this to say is that, you know, they came out of this division against uh, what everybody thought was the weakest one. Uh, they prevailed. And then it was like, well, now it's time for them to play a real team and see what it's like. And it's not just any real team. It's one of the top three teams in the league. And, you know, they did end up, they showed up. There were some growing pains in the series, but as it's gone on, they've looked stronger and they've looked like they're able to keep up. And quite frankly, I did not expect this. You know, we, we keep saying, let's enjoy this ride however far it goes. Let's enjoy this ride however far it goes. It's honestly, you, 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 want, you, you want the honest truth is that I feel like it's more fun for us with low expectations than it would be for fans of teams like Colorado with high expectations, with expectations of, of a cup uh, to, to have to deal with playoffs like this where their team loses. You know, for us, it's all gravy. We had no, no hopes and no expectations coming in. And we have to be very careful to not to set our hopes too high. But at the end of the day, right now, every team that's still in the playoffs is now two wins away from the Stanley Cup final and six wins away from a, an actual Stanley Cup. It's literally anybody's cup at this moment uh, in time. You know, we're going to see what happens with Tampa and, and, and the Islanders tonight. We're going to see how the Canadians res uh, respond in Vegas tomorrow night. But I did not expect this from the Canadians. They've impressed me in so many ways. And the thing that's impressed me is for like, or a lot of things have impressed me, a lot of things. The thing that's impressed me the most is that they've learned with each game. They've made changes with each game. They've adjusted with each game. And even though it's not always been a perfect effort, you've seen them take advantage of everything that they possibly can. Unfortunately, this game, they, they ran into a good goalie and Carey Price let in a softie. 
And the big key is don't do that again. Just, just don't do that again. You know, it's, it's not that hard to me. It's more like, it's more like a revelation. You, you want to enjoy how good the Canadians have been because objectively now they have been able to be good for long stretches of the series. It's not complete domination by Vegas. In fact, every single, you know, they, every single game, they've had at least one period where they were the dominant, uh, where they were the dominant team. And, and in tonight's game, they had two periods plus where they were the dominant team. They figured Vegas out. They're very, very effective at blocking any chances that Vegas has the defense has played so well they've they're, they're remember all season long and all to, also dating back to last season we were like none of these defensemen know where to be like how is it that none of them know what position they're supposed to be in and it's been the exact opposite I have to knock on wood so that we don't jinx them but it's been the exact opposite in the playoffs every single defenseman has known exactly where to be and exactly what to do uh, and uh, and even the ones who we've had questions about like Merrill or or Gustafson uh, have have been for the most part impressive even Ben Chirot we complain about Ben Chirot all year long and he's still making some gaffes but 90% of his game is better and 10% of his game is mistakes. So I just, I, I, I can't, I can't say enough about how well the Canadians have played and it's unexpected and, and we should enjoy it. And even if they don't end up winning the series, they keep playing like today, you know, we, we can be proud of, of, of the showing that they've had. And I think the biggest thing I've learned from watching this series as a whole right now is that I didn't know like how the uh, Joel and old guys line would do. And they're still effective. We talked a lot about uh, Josh Anderson needs to show up, and we've seen Anderson and Paul Byron and Kotkaniemi play great. We've seen Caulfield and Suzuki continue to do Caulfield and Suzuki things. People talk about, oh, the top line isn't getting any points, but they're keeping Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty from doing literally anything right now. There's so many things in this series that I I like seeing that you can build on, and I'm not counting them out the rest of this series. I think they've got every shot in the world at making something of this. It's just that there's so many little things that this team can build on going into next season now and take with them. I mean, one, I think this playoff run has shown that Philip Deneau will come back. The defense is playing structured and is playing absolutely lights out. I don't expect they'll be able to do it for 82 games, but having a baseline to work from is a huge deal. Um, now we just kind of wait and see what's coming up next. Uh, game five is Tuesday night in Vegas. So we will be up until but a clock recording after the game is over with. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. We will have plenty more content for all of you. As always, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at LO underscore Canadians. Laura is at the active stick. I am at Scott Matla. And if you really enjoyed our show, you need to check out Locked On Today, where you can get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.